Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Gallant Few of Angels podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 or hello at hhhmortgages.com You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast, the podcast who declared the league was won a week ago. And now the lot of us are shitting ourselves that we've changed the team. Here to talk you through how Rangers have brought us bad down the earth, Scott Hodge. Alright, lads. And Graham Curry. How you doing, Graham? Very well, thanks, boys. Two games to cover off this week. Um, we'll, we'll start on a, a fairly high note. Uh, we'll go back to Wednesday night when Rangers beat St Johnston at Ibrox 1-0. Uh, the, team, the team for that game was McGregor, Tavernier, Hollander, Golson, Barisic. Davis, Aribo, Jack, and a front three of Ruth, Haji, and Kent. So, Scott, by this point, there's been a there was two rounds of fixtures played uh, without uh, us featuring since the Hibs game, and you know Celtic won both their games, narrowed the gap a wee bit. But I wasn't really I wasn't really nervous going into this game and way how that team lined up. I never you and I spoke about the about our predictions uh, the night before, but it's it was always set up to be a, a fairly comfortable game for the Angels. Yeah, I mean, from what we had available, it's probably our strongest eleven. What one thing I will say is you can see how much Morelos is is meaning to us. Um, I think we missed him, even if he's not buying in goals, he just offers us so much. But yeah, I mean, we, we got through a really tough month and. In January, and um, you know, we played with the greatest respect to St. Johnson Hamilton, 
higher caliber and more banana skins and um, it just seems as though in the past few games we've maybe taken a foot off the gas a bit and um, let con- uh, complacency slip into our, our performances yeah. so that that was probably definitely a big talking point for today against Hamilton but Graham on Wednesday I think Rangers still did dominate most of the ball but it was just the final third, there was very little um, I don't think too much was coming off for Roof and I don't know, for, for me, for Hadji and Kenny, it wasn't the, the lack of trying. It's just we didn't seem to be able to pull too much off. Yeah, it's definitely not lack of trying. We we'll, we'll keep going. It's just we keep trying to do things. We're doing the right things. But maybe bad decisions sometimes. Um, so try to force it. Try to force things through the defence. And it's it's just not there at times. And I think you just need to every step back and make sure think about their decision-making and um, not try and force it through. I thought we were the better team by far um, on Wednesday night. As you say, we controlled the game, controlled possession, and it was a deserved victory. But, yeah, it's a scrape in it, 1-0. You're never confident at 1-0. Scott, the goal eventually did come from Yanis Hadji, and uh, it was kind of similar to his goal against Braga. Uh, last February, almost a year ago. Well, back when um, back when we could meet more than two people at a time, like uh, uh, we could share share a couch effectively. That's, but no, I digress. Brilliant left footed goal for Hadji, and I think he deserved to be in the team on Wednesday night and today, based on how he's been playing the last uh, few games prior to the day. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh... Just a, a spark and a, a moment of, of real quality from Hadji. It was a terrific, terrific goal. Um, yeah, he's definitely got that in his, his locker. Um, just this technique for striking a ball. Um, there's no question he's got quality. It's just um, obviously with his age, he's going to go through bad, you know, not maybe not bad spells and but like less effective as other ones. Um, but it was just it was it was a fantastic goal, um, you know, a wonderful finish. And if somebody can tell me what footy he is, it would be be really appreciated. He's, <laughs> he's just so uh, so effective with both feet, which is a it's a great um, great skill to have. Hadji's goal was probably the only footballing talking point for Wednesday night. Uh, was Graham? I do agree with you. Rangers deserve to win the game. Rangers were the better team, but it was quite a piss poor spectacle. The big, biggest talking point, however, Graham, was Kemal Roof. If you've seen the papers or any television, any any sort of impartial media, I, I say impartial with the air quotations, you'll see that Kemal Roof took out an AK-47, uh, shot up a hospital before bombing Iran. That's pretty much how it's been portrayed. He's been proper villainised. What, what was your thoughts, Graham, as a resident referee? What was your thoughts in... Roof's challenge on the St Johnston player. I can't remember who it was, sorry. It's not the greatest of challenges. Um, I can see arguments for it being a yellow card. I don't think it necessarily is a, a red card. And I think I'm probably the minority on that one. I think a lot of people are just accepting that it was a red card. Um, I don't know. I think he's trying to protect the ball. He's just trying to get his foot the other side of the ball to protect it. So... It's a clumsy challenge though and it doesn't look great but um, yeah, I think a yell is enough. Um, we're recording this after the, the Hamilton game and, and Gerrard's confirmed that they are going to appeal it. 
I think that's the right thing to do because the referee has seen that looking directly at it for five yards away and, de- and deemed it a yellow card. So I, I don't know why he's now being cited for for further action when it's it's clear as day. Um, we were speaking about it the last pod or the pod before to say that if the referee sees it, then there's nothing more. There's no more action on it. It's, it's dealt with. Um, it's just bizarre that these keep coming back to us and they keep trying to bring it, keep trying to um, punish us. Um, yeah, very frustrating. But for me, I think it will be overturned. Um, I think we're right to challenge. As I say, referees seen it. It'll be it'll be thrown out. It must be thrown out. Uh, Scott, when when this compliance system came into play for uh, for Scottish football, uh, it's no longer Claire White. She's resigned, so I don't even know who's making the decisions. But when that kind of when the rules in that system came into play, the promise was that this is not this is not in place to re-referee games. It's to pick up things that what Graham was saying there that if the referee sees something, then that's fair dues. It's to pick up things that. The, the referee hasn't seen and support them. I don't want to sound like a tinfoil, paranoid like maniac here, but is it just easier for the powers of being in Scottish football? Is it easier for them to to pick up and to pick up these decisions, even though they're seen it, rather than manage the referees because the referees are shut up here. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, I know you don't like criticising referees, Graham, but it's it just seems to be that they're. Instead of taking the action to try and improve the standard, um, they, they made a really good point. Like these referees are, are part time. I think it's Chris Boyd that said it. It's these referees are part time. They might have a lot of jobs, so it will be a tough task to try and upskill them to make the correct decision the first time. Um, so instead, they're just going back in situations where they've, they've clearly seen an incident. You know, there's they've, they've seen that he's made this challenge. They've deemed it a yellow card. But now they're just going back, you know, over challenges, and as a case of re-refereeing games, it just seems to be that just now, and because of the the level of media that Rangers attracts with, well, especially Morelos and now Roof, it's it's just an easy target, and it's you know, if, if that was a tackle and a Livingston, you know, a Livingston player done that or a Hamilton player done that, I don't think it would get the same there, and I don't know even I would be surprised if it even got reviewed by the compliance team. Before we go into the, the media aspect of it, Graham, do you have any uh, defence to the referees? And I, I'm no, it sounds like I'm no coming from the point of view of referee bash and don't want to kick them when they're down, but I think there has to be more in place to support them. I get the argument they are part-time, but it's still a very well-paid part-time job. Scott, I'll disagree with you. I'm a big critic of referees. I don't, I'm not up for defending them. Even when I was, you know, I was saying I'm a resident referee. I was an amateur referee, but I was... I was still critical of them at the time and still am now. Um, the, the, the standard of refereeing is absolutely terrible. It really is. Um, but there's two ways you can go with it. You can either let the referees referee the game and that's it. You know, there's no... You, you don't question it. You don't. Um, there's no retrospective action. Or if we're going to be doing it that way, you're going to need to bring in VAR to support them. To, if you want the decisions to be always right, 100% right all the time or as close to 100% right you're going to need to assist them you're going to need to bring this video refereeing in and, and allow that to happen and there's pros and cons of doing it it's going to break up the game I, I get kind of frustrated with VAR because it breaks up the flow of a game 
So for me, it's one or the other. You either help them by bringing in technology to do it, or we just completely de- disregard all the technology and you don't allow retrospective action. You let the referee referee the game on the day. And if he makes mistakes, fine, he makes mistakes. What I will say is I don't think there's bias. I don't think you can referee a game. Um, there'll be the odd occasion, but I don't think referees are going to be biased against one team or the other. Um, you, there might be an argument to say that if you've got 50,000 screaming at you, you might sort of lean towards a certain decision and feel the pressure from the stands. But that's just down to being a strong referee. That's when you need a that's when you need to be coached to, to ignore the noise. Um, I mean I've done it refereeing when there's ten guys at the side of the park with three Rottweilers and they're screaming at me and shouting at me and I can feel the pressure, you know, but I'm still able to or I was still able to block that out and just referee the game and ignore that sort of thing. So yeah. For me, I think I would like to just stay away with the technology. Just let the referee referee the game. But, but there's fundamentals. There's fundamental errors that have been made. And there was one today. I know we've not gone on to the game yet. But there's one today, right, where we've got a corner. And Tav plays the corner short and then runs back. The player then plays the ball backwards. And Tav goes to pick it up. And he's flagged for offside. That is just fundamentals and basic. That's a basic error that that linesman's made. He put the flag up to say that Tav's offside, and it's it's not possible. The boys went backwards, so that's just either not knowing the laws of the game or being caught up in it. But they're basic, basic things, and and our referees are getting them wrong. Our, our referees and assistants are getting them wrong. I think you're totally right in what you're saying. I know. You know, I probably in the minority with this when I don't think referees are biased for anyone, but I, they're not biased, but I do find they do succumb to pressure easily, um, whether that's with the media or with fans, and they're just incompetent. It's, um, I find that is the issue, and it's, you know, we, we need referees as part of the game, so it's about supporting them as much as we possibly can. Well, I do find there's maybe some further elements uh, of maybe bias or... Uh, hidden agendas is in the media and how this was brought up, how how they portrayed Kamal Roof Scott and the uh, in the aftermath they were saying that he injured the St Johnston boy, but he actually got his injury in the other leg for ten minutes before, and that's just it's just, at best it's just lazy media portrayal. At their worst, it's they know what they're doing. Rangers are an easy target. I'm not going to give them too much breath, but this is why fan media is a thing. This is why your podcast is a thing. So. Suppose the message is don't don't read the record, just uh-huh. listen to us. That's that's uh, exactly just that, that was the point I made earlier. They're just looking for stories, they sell papers, clickbait. That's what they need. And yeah, it's is somebody's tackle at the Tony Macaroni Arena going to cre- create headlines, or is one at Ibrooks going to do it? It's you know doing their job, but it's it's making. I feel as though it's influencing bringing these cases up more. I totally agree with you there. So I think I think I've managed to drag it out long enough. Um, I'm deflecting to talking about this game, but I think we need it at some point, lads. Uh, we've we spoke about many many highs this season, so let's just put the same duty of care into the lows. So Graham, few changes today. Uh, Rangers started with the same back five: McGregor, Tavernier, Hollander, Golson, and Barisic. 
Midfield three of Aribo, Zungu and Kamara. And a front three of Kent, Hadji and Itten. So, first of all, do you think that do you think that Itten was in ahead of Roof because they're maybe planning with they're planning for the worst case with Morelos and Roof potential being unavailable? Or do you think the plastic pitch came into play for his thinking, Graham? Uh, neither of the two. I think it was more to do with managing our schedule. I think we're going to be playing European football shortly. So I think it was really just managing the squad and um, we're playing the bottom of the league. So let's bring in some of the, the B squad or the or the fringe players and get them a run out. And um, that team will be good enough to, to beat Hamilton, no problem. So let, let's do that. Um, it did turn out that way. Uh, I think Gerard's mentioned it in his post-match to say that he's going to have to have a look at himself as well. So I think he's acknowledged the fact that um, it wasn't the correct start in 11. So the midfield was just not the correct selection. It's so easy to say this uh, in hindsight that it's not the correct start in 11. And I don't want to to sound as um, as if I'm saying that, but surely after... I could get the argument that see if we scudded St Johnston 5-0 in Wednesday night's squad, as I think Kenny might have predicted. And we were coming into this game on a high. Although we won the last few games, we've still not been at our greatest. So do you think it's it was maybe a bit naive to drop Davis and Jack and bring in Zungu? So I know you've been a big fan for Zungu getting game time, but is that me just looking at it in hindsight? Or? It's, it's, it's a risk. I, I, think, I think they did say that this is the first game in the league where Jack or Davis haven't featured in, in a game. So, at, at the end of the day, like you know, we praised Stephen Davis, and again, he made a huge impact today. But he, he, at his age, we can't expect him to play every single minute. We should be able to to rest him at Hamilton theoretically, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough one because we need to find the balance. I I I said it in the the midweek podcast that Zung, if Zungu can't you know play against Hamilton, you know a South African international can't get up to speed against Hamilton, he shouldn't be at the club effectively, and he shouldn't be getting a, a permanent deal in the summer. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's harsh to pick on him for this one because nobody played well today. The full team, like you know yourself, we are playing in a a team that's playing well, it's easy to look good. So I, I wouldn't single him out for criticism. I think that would be extremely unfair. But, you know, we say it every week, you know, if you're wanting a start, if you want regular football at this club, you need to come in, make an impact when you're given the chance. And unfortunately, we've just looked a bit off the pace today. But again, everybody everybody was fair play to Hamilton. They, they, they really pressed us hard and they took a risk and, you know, it paid off them. I know I'm jumping ahead a wee bit, Graham, but just on the midfield, I think as much as everybody bar McGregor had a poor game, I think it was really noticeable in the midfield with an ever foothold. And I thought it actually looked a, a wee bit more controlled when Davis and Jack came on later in the game. Also not enough, but I think for, for me, I, I think we're always going to play with three midfielders. And two of them will have to be from Kamara, Jack, Davis or Arfield when he's back going forward. So I think until Arfield's back, I think I'm a I'm a maybe reacting too much at out of the three we've got left, Davis, Jack and Kamara, two of them have to play every game. Um not sure. 
I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to disregard Sungu just yet. Um, I know he will get the criticism today, but when the team came out, I was okay with it. I, I actually thought it was an all right team. I, I would go with that. That's okay. It's a good idea to rest these players. Um, but that was just me before the game. Now that I'm, now that we've watched the game and we know the result, um, it wasn't the correct decision. So um, it was an opportunity for Zungu, and he's not taking it. I don't think Kamara played very well in the midfield either. So yeah, yeah, probably lends credibility to your question that you should have at least two of the guys in that midfield, and then it's just one that gets rotated. Um, but yeah. Wasn't great. Wasn't was not a great performance at all. I thought that it was due to Hamilton. Though I really do think that Hamilton need to get a lot of credit for for what they done. They did put a lot of pressure on us right from the very first minute when the boy got the yellow card. Now, they went up and just challenged um, Goldson, put an arm in his face. It's a yellow card. It's not a red card. It, it was just a strong challenge, but that set the tempo for them. That set the tone. They were set out to getting about us and impress us constantly and that's exactly what they did they were always on top of the two strikers on top of our defensive full time and what that meant was that we couldn't play it out the way we normally do usually you see it getting played about between Goldson and Holanda to Barisic and then back to Goldson and play it about the back four before it goes into the midfield and we weren't getting the opportunity to do that at all so it, it just disrupted the way Rangers play we had to change well we didn't but we should have been changing that um, it just meant that our midfield didn't get a get a hold of the ball and, and get comfortable on the ball the way we normally do with possession. Um, yeah, so I think that had an impact on the fact that Kamara and Zungu couldn't get their game going. So yeah, I'm not ready to give up on Zungu just yet. Um, Kamara had a bad game today as well. Do you, you can't disregard him because he's been great all season. He was the man of the match the other week, so. I don't think it would be fair just to disregard them just yet. That's fine for me. Kamara's got credit in the in the bank, uh, as do Davis and Jack. And um, Aribo, like uh, I, I don't want to send this as if I'm just picking in Zungu. Aribo hasn't done enough for me this season when he's part of the midfield three. I think his best performances is when he came off as striker. So that's why for, for the options we have, I don't have enough confidence that we can drop two of them. I get Kamara's had a bad game today, but it's always the argument, if you've got two of those three or all three of them, do they, they've got enough experience working with each other? But, um, yeah, it's, I, I know probably I'm reacting quite a bit. We'll all be emotional just straight after the game. Scott, Graham mentioned there about Hamilton um, from the very first minute, you knew they were up for it, and we mentioned this on Tuesday night. Hamilton, 10 out of 10 games, they will try and go and get something from the game and 1, one out of 10 it will always come off and that's how they try and stay up every year. Um, I think they actually had the best chance say, the first half, uh, just when what Graham was saying there about we were still trying to play the ball across the back even though we didn't have the, didn't have the time as we normally would. On top of that, the pitch, and I'm not blaming the pitch at all, but the the pitch doesn't run as quick with the ball, so we didn't adapt well enough, and we were we were put under pressure. The Hamilton player next to the ball off Hillander, just because it's it's a silly ball for Golton, and he doesn't control it well enough. But uh, that was a, the kind of first of our Alan McGregor masterclass, wasn't it? Aye, it was a it was a good chance for them, but I thought McGregor done done well to 
to keep it out. But yeah, it was it was it was, it was a it was a weird back pass. I just think the pitches you, you can't play the nice pretty football. Um, again, we don't want to blame it. You need to play in the, to the conditions that that it is. But um, you know, knocking it about when you're last man and things like that, it's it's just too risky. I mean, it's fine if you're. 3 4 0 up, but when it's 0 0 and you're having to withhold quite a lot of pressure, it's um, it's, it's probably not the wisest thing to do. But yeah, as you said, McGregor was spectacular. It was, well, I know they mentioned it 100 times, his busiest game of the, the season, which is just crazy considering we've had two old form games. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a really good performance from, from McGregor. I thought what happened from the, the game, especially the first half, was that Hamilton made it a game. Like, it, Hamilton made it like a typical SPFL game, in that it was like a um, Hamilton v Kilmarnock or a Livingston versus Ross County game. It was just no lack of quality, and and Hamilton forced that. We're a top European side. That's we, we play our football in the right way, and Hamilton didn't allow it to happen. So when that gets disrupted, we're forced into a sort of poor quality run-of-the-mill SPFL game and it just didn't suit us at all. It's no real game at all. So um, we're right to criticise Rangers for not finding a way around about that. But Hamilton did do really well to to continue to do it as well for 90 minutes, to actually always be tight to the man, always to be pressing. They just didn't give us a minute. So... You can criticise Rangers and, and we, we, we certainly will, but yeah, a lot of credit goes, get, gets to go to, to Hamilton for it. And quarterly a day will maybe look at a fair result, but uh, just after that, I'm kind of thinking that Hamilton were the better team for, for most of the game. Or, and again, that's just maybe the, I'm looking at fair Rangers' point of view and we weren't good enough, but right now I'm feeling like uh, Hamilton were the better team. I've, I've got that, but I've got that. A question that's either he's can take, and in terms like we always talk about the teams like parking the bus against us and we struggle to break down. Well, you know, we've had a team that's had a go at us today and we've not been able to break them down. So, what you know, what I mean, we need to adapt away. Like, I think everybody knew Hamilton were going to take a risk. We know what we've played against them enough times, we knew they were going to probably put two up top and, and really pre- pre- um, put pressure and presses really high. It's just a bit of a concern because you know we moan, we moan when people just put throw all their players behind the ball, but you know we weren't able to break this down. And they said in the comment, the the, the analysis at halftime as well, it's you know they were man for man at the back for a lot of the time, and you know we didn't take advantage of that. Do you think it was maybe just a bit, of, Graham? Do you think the Rangers expected Hamilton to park the bus? Like I don't know why Hamilton tend to play the. A certain way, do you think we did expect him to to know cause as much ball change? There was a bit of complacency for either managers or players or both. Both, it's definitely both. It's a team that we've put out. We're so arrogant to think that we can just turn up. Really, I think the players have an that attitude today as well. Just. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're nearly right. We are nearly right. You know, we're nearly in a one-nil victory because of it, because it is what we do. We just manage games out and we just sometimes nick a goal, but it's definitely not the right attitude to be having. We need to get this this league title over the line. Um, yeah, it's... We're definitely complacent today. There's definitely complacency by manager and players. So, Graham, starting with you, into the second half, and other than the Rangers' goal, which we will come to, there was one really good bit of football for the Rangers when they, they made a they had a chance for Ryan Kent. Um, I think they had a couple of half chances beforehand, but Aribo picked up the, the ball the halfway line and kind of chipped the ball over the defender and a great run uh, by Tav. Just gets up to the edge of the box and a cut back for for Kent, who ends up just knocking it wide. We had a couple of half chances before that, but at this point I was thinking, right, maybe maybe they've had a rock in the half time. Maybe they pulled their finger out. Definitely. Noticeable difference first. That was in the 50th minute, uh, Colin. There was a noticeable difference right after half time. The, the pace had changed. We were driving forward with the pace that we expect to see. So, yeah, there was definitely a rocket up the arse at half time because we were right out the traps and trying to do it. It didn't last very long, but we did for a 10 minute period there try to start making things happening. Um, but the complacency is just still. St- you know, five minutes later, we've got Tav sleeping again. He was weak in the challenge. Um, this was a, a Hamilton effort, and he should have been stronger in the challenge. He's went on his left foot, and the Hamilton players won it off him in the box. But then he's looking around, he's just ball watching instead of getting back into position. So it was just complacency all over the place. We were lucky in that instance that McGregor and Hollander were switched on. Hollander made a block and then, sorry, McGregor made a save and then Hollander made a block. So we were lucky that they were at least turned on or switched on for a bit. Um, but nothing really changed until the substitutions. That's when we seen a bit of a, a well, a mark, market difference when they came on. What was worrying for me with the aftermath of that chance, Tavney and Golton, they it wasn't quite as bad what we've seen in the last couple of years, but they looked shaky when they got the ball shot. Um, and I thought, is this going to be another um, like another scenario where they've just got to self-employed? Um, they looked shaky, and I thought they'd take maybe like 15, maybe even 20 minutes to get to get back into looking confident. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think there was a shook. I honestly just think there was a shook. I think, as Graham said, they, they underestimated Hamilton, no beating about the bush. I think... 
to a certain extent, Gerard maybe underestimated Hamilton and yeah, they, I think they thought that they, they could stroll that and you know if, um, just playing in second gear and get away with it. But yeah, it was a it was, it was definitely a few nervy nervy moments and um, you know nowhere near our, our best football. Is there no net argument to say here that Tav should be getting a rest? Why would he? You know, we've rested Davis because he's got he's played the last twelve in a row. So fair enough, give him a rest, Jack. Could maybe say that he's on the way back from a, an injury, so we'll try to build his minutes up. But it's a known argument to say that if we're going to be making changes, it should be Tav that should be. He's played every single game, you know. This is the time you might want to be bringing on Patterson and, and getting Tav a rest. And I might just be saying that in retrospect because Tav had an absolute shock of the day. But, you know, I was thinking that during the game is why, why are we giving Jack and Davis a rest, but we're not getting Tav a rest? Right, it's a, that's the whole point in the hype and around Nathan Patterson that there's somebody able to come in and do not quite the job at the same level as Tavernier but still do a job at right back and the same with Calvin Bassey um, on the left hand side That that's why he's there for as well I'm not saying Bassey looks as if he needs a rest but uh, we, we can't just over rely we, we can't build a, a squad with the aim of having two players for every position and then certain positions not use it. That's, um, so I don't know if it is just maybe a bit of hesitancy for Gerard or but I actually never came into my thinking about wrestling to have a day and I don't know if we are maybe just talking about that retrospectively but uh, if he's if he's really become a bit shook after one losing one challenge and that's maybe something right, okay, can we maybe rest you for the next few games uh, to get you back in back in track so Scott the goal we'll stick with you the goal came for after the subs had been made so by this point Zungu went off for Jack a few minutes later Itten went off for Roof and a double change in the 78th minute uh, Kamara and Haji off for Davis and Scott Wright making his debut and this was a, a brilliant bit of football Kent comes uh, deep takes the ball off uh, Borna Barisic when Barisic plays the ball in he makes his run Kent plays it back to Davis and a lovely lovely ball through cutting the defence Barisic runs on and that crosses the ball across the face of goal sorry and Tavernier that's we've given him a bit of stick today already credit where credit's due that just being that additional striker running for deep so it wasn't quite a Tavernier goal but I'm going to give him a lot of credit for it because he puts the pressure on the on the defender. It is a non goal to Easton by the end of it. Um but very, very well worked goal. No, definitely. What a difference. Steve Davis just coming on and playing that perfectly weighted um perfectly weighted pass through Barisic and Barisic does does everything right. Just fire it across there. Any nickel any nickel do just that danger zone which is which is so hard to defend against and as you say, Tav you know, putting the pressure on, he didn't score it, but, you know, if he's not there, it might be a lot more comfortable um, for, for Hamilton to d- defend. So, yeah, a, a wonderfully worked goal and um, not, we definitely didn't <laughs> deserve it, but, um, yeah, it was a softly goal. No, it was a relief when it went in more than anything and you thought 10 minutes ago, Rangers will, will see the game out. Graham, there was another a few chances for Hamilton before their goal, Uh I know I Scott uh, about him earlier, but Alan McGregor was he was fantastic today. 
Yeah, he's had a right good few saves of days. Um, first half he kept us uh, kept us in the game, um, and then there's a Callahan free kick which I think he does really well with as well. Puts that in the post. Um, but yeah, Hamilton were at least trying. I thought the boy um, his name escapes me now. Anderson. I thought Anderson played well, but his partner wasn't up too much. So I think we got a wee bit lucky that his the the number nine wasn't too hot. Um, but other than that, it was didn't McGregor keeping us in the game. Um, I, I thought the substitutions made such a big difference, and I didn't realise. So at half time, I was thinking we're doing okay. We're not doing great, but the midfield are okay. It wasn't until Jack came on that you actually seen the huge difference that he made. He was just demanding the ball, had all the space in the world and just um, controlled the midfield that you expect him to see. So it's not until you contrast the two, the first half and then the second half and Jack comes on after an hour, that you see the difference. Um, but yeah, McGregor, McGregor did keep us in a few of them. I was surprised that Itton got off because I thought Itton had a good first half or as good a first half as he could with no support about him. Um, so I was surprised that he came off a roof. I was, I mean, it was good to see Roof coming on, but I would have been taking off Kent, Hadji, or Aribo at that point. Um, I was really surprised because we're pushing for a we're pushing for a goal. So I was really surprised that him coming off thought nothing that he'd done wrong in particular. So yeah, a wee bit upset that he came off. To be honest, no, I think you're right. And it's probably something that we're overlooking. But it's very easy when we draw one each to Hamilton. We just say we label everybody as pitch. It and done all right, Scott, and he almost he, he nearly done things if if you get what I mean. Where he was coming deep and you know he was holding the ball up, and there was may, maybe not enough support from at times, and he was nearly making chances, but he was causing the defenders a lot of bother. And I think he'll be. It wasn't a phenom, phenomenal game for him, but he did probably did probably get past marks, and I think he's maybe a, a shout for starting on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, um, his work rate was good. I, th- I think you're right. He went into to good positions. Um, I I didn't expect him to come off as well, especially with his height and his presence in the box. And it was now nil at a time, and you know it gives us an option to you know deliver some some good call into the box, and he'll be a he'll be a threat. So I I, w- I was really surprised, and yeah, he done. He done fairly well, um, as you say, like, a good few few touches and things like that. I can't remember him having many, you know, clear cut chances or anything, which I obviously would have liked to have seen from from our centre forward. But yeah, um, he didn't get the service all game, which makes it really hard for him. So he done as as well as he could, really. So Graham, it wasn't a bit of day, and Hamilton got the the goal they deserved. Uh, it's Sebastian so lose a goal any time, but so late in the game as well, and there was no way Rangers were going to come back for that. So, what was your thoughts on how we? I was about to say how we defended the goal, but how we didn't defend the goal? Yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with that. A lot of things wrong. Um, I know I'm picking on Tav this full podcast here, but he was he was at the halfway line when that ball is in. It's beyond belief why he's so high up the pitch. He's about to close down a a left back and there's absolutely no need for it and then the ball goes into the left channel Davis gets sort of out muscled on it um, and the ball's into the box 
header, another good save by McGregor. Um, pushes it wide, so he's done the right thing, I think. He's made a good save and he's pushed it wide. And the boy's just done really well to put it in for the, such a tight angle and a, a ball-spaced hole, basically. I don't know how he'd managed to get it through there, but... Um, it's, yeah, it's very poor. We were talking a couple of pods ago about just managing games out, and it, it looked as if we were doing it. We were trying to get, we were keeping possession well for the last ten minutes. We were just passing it about, doing the right things, and, and um, keeping possession. And then just to switch off like that in the last minutes, so frustrating. Well, it's, it's more than frustrating to McGregor when you see how mad he gets at it. He's shouting at everybody when that goal goes in, and, and rightly so. Um, yeah, just we shut off. We just close off the mind and stop thinking about what we need to be doing. Tav's got no right being away up there and leaving Jack to deal with the, the left winger. So, yeah, hugely frustrating. And as as frustrating when it's something we've we've improved on so notably this season, our game management, seeing games out, and you know, we, I'm not going to say that that's that's us back to square one. It's not. It's just one blip. But it is frustrating when we've been doing it so well and we've obviously improved on it as a management team and a playing squad. McGregor's reaction said it all at the end of the game, and Scott, he's man of the match in our view. That's. That's how I want every player to be feeling right now. Yeah, and I, I think this is what we're, we're talking. We spoke about it a few weeks later in terms of like contract extension and things like that. Having that personality, there's different types of leaders. We've discussed this. Tav does a different job in leading the team, but I, I feel as though you need that in a dressing room. Somebody that's just going to like his raging. You could you could obviously see that, and that's the reaction you want to see. Like he's. He's hurting right now. In terms of, like he he's got no qualms about pulling people up, you know, pulling them up for underperforming effectively. And I don't I don't think necessarily we have a lot of people like that in our team just now who would have that. So even if he's about the the dressing room, um, I mean, you look Stephen Davis, you know, the most capped outfield player in in Britain. Um, he, he his leadership's different. He wouldn't, you know, be. I couldn't imagine him screaming at boys like for, as you say, all the the mistakes that we made for that that goal. He's. I think. He, I think we need him in about the dressing room just for that next year. Even if he's not number one, he's almost like a coach. And I know he wouldn't be a coach, but just see that influence and uh, around the dressing rooms always a positive thing. So Graham. On the post-match reactions, uh, Stephen Gerrard was interested, interesting as well. I thought, I thought he did look quite strunnered, like in in terms of probably what most of us thinking, like what the fuck happened here. But he's he's held his hands up. Um, I don't know if it was maybe a bit of a reality check. Uh, maybe his squad hasn't quite got the strength and depth as he thought it was. Yeah, he's acknowledged the fact that he's maybe made a mistake today as well. Um, I think we mentioned that earlier when we talked about the start of the living, but he has acknowledged the fact that um, he's going to have a wee look at himself there. So he's going to have a look at his own team selection and how he's geared the team up. So I think that's fair enough. He's acknowledging that. He's, he's acknowledged there was a poor team selection there. Um, I, I think he's he still comes across well in the interview. But I think underneath it, he's probably a little bit more like McGregor. And I think there is a, 
I think he's probably went through a right good few players there at the end of the game. But then to come out and just do it in the right way, um, express it to the in the interview. You know, he's saying the right things and he's saying all the things that we expect to hear as Rangers fans is that he, he has got a huge disappointment in the performance. We didn't deserve anything from the game. So he's praising Hamilton as well. So we didn't deserve anything. He's actually saying that he's relieved at taking a point. I think the, the question was probably put to him is, are you disappointed to have dropped two points? Well, no, he's actually relieved to take a point given the performance that we just put in. Um, and he offered no praise to the team at all. You see, he's got to be fair, and that is that's a fair comment because he has been praising the team all season and saying great effort, great performances. So when they don't do it, it is only right that he calls him out and says no good enough, not good enough. So I thought it was a, it was a good interview. So Scott, the sixteen points are needed to win the league, or if we're including beating Celtic, we win the next five games, we won the league. Um. I like how McGregor said, uh, I think he was asked about um, what I won the league or something today, and he said it something along the lines that it's just about the next game, one game at a time, and that's all that matters. So, looking ahead to Saturday, goes uh, without saying, it's the biggest cliche ever after a poor result, you're looking for a reaction. But how, how would you want to, to see us set up? What line up? I think we need to play a strong serve. I know it sounds about daft, but just. You know, it's a it's a full week of training, recovery. And we should be looking to to, to play a, a full strength team. You know, Jack and Davis back 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 in. Um, obviously, we need to see what happens with Kamar Roof, but I, I would like to like to see him. So yeah, just um, just get back to basics, do the right things, and. Um, forget about the performance effectively and just take it as a, a wake up call. I'd like to see Wright getting a getting a start. I thought he looked really promising today. Didn't have a um much influence but I'm really positive to see him coming in, demanding the ball. He was not a he's one that's slipped up for the up for the challenge of being a ranger. He's he was actually um on it today so I'd really like to see him get a run out. Um for Wanted the ball, trying to do the right things. Put some nice link up play on the left where Kent and Barisic, I think it was. There's some nice, a nice wee move that he made. So let him build on that. Let him build on that. He's came on. He's had his 15 minutes. Let's give him a start now. Let's let's put him in. I would be, I'd be happy to see him starting again on Saturday. I don't think Kent's done enough for me in the last couple of months to. To guarantee my start, I, I know I've been banging the the Hadji drum the last few weeks, but if it's keeping Kent or Hadji in for next Saturday, I'm voting Hadji in every day of the week. On top of that, I'd probably be starting Davis, Jack, and Kamara. If I'm being honest, and just trusting that they, between the three of them, they they will still drive forward because I think yeah, they're at the best. We we see that as a very defensive midfield three squad, but. A lot of your build-up play comes for deep, and it comes for Kamara linking up with Barisic and Jack linking up with Tavernier. I think you're right. I think we start with the strongest eleven, and that'd be my strongest three for the midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think after seeing Kamara today, I know it's one performance. I think you've been a bit harsh and. Aribo, to be honest, I think at the start of the season when he was playing that midfield three, he was he, he was doing he was doing well. He just needs to, to 
to get back to basics. I know what you mean. You can be a bit more effective. I should them. caveat. I don't know why I've got a very unrational like annoyance at Arable today. I don't know why I've just I'm really annoyed at him. But he's probably know the worst. It's I don't. <laughs> so I'll just I'll say that to the last. I know I'm being quite irrational there, but on you go. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. That can look defensive um, playing three sort of holding midfielders, but I feel like. The coaching staff will have a game plan. I'm sure we'll, we'll look at uh, look at a few options. Um, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think we just need Davis and Jack in there, to be honest, to, and um, whoever the, the last option is. Um, sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll see all feature anyway. So we put a wee positive spin on quite a quite a doom and gloom podcast this week. Apologies. Twitter part of the week. The chance to tell the listeners what's the funniest thing you've seen all week in the world of social media, Rangers or football related, whatever takes your pick. I'm going to start us off by uh, you see the Rangers official Twitter page. Every now and then they'll they'll post a video of one of the players phoning a season ticket holder when it's her birthday. And so like, it's just whatever player is saying happy birthday, hi, it's uh, such and such for Rangers. So <laughs> they put up a video of Jack Simpson, the new signing, phoning a guy, says, hi, it's Jack Simpson, wishing you a happy birthday. And the guy has no fucking clue who it is. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is just like, all right, thanks, pal, cheers, bro. And hangs up. <laughs> Graham, what have you got for this? Um, so I've seen an interview with ex-Rangers player Jason Cummins, and he's talking about He's at Dundee now, so he's just signed for Dundee. And he's just talking about like, you know, characters in the game that he feels as if that he has been maybe hindered in his performance and his career development because he's a bit of a wee bit of a dafty. But the, the thing that made me laugh was that he was saying there's characters in the game like Paul Gascoigne and, and George Best and it just it was as if he was comparing himself to <laughs> Paul Gascoigne and George Best. It's like how how high do you regard yourself that you think you're in the same bracket as them? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Jason Cummins comparing himself to legends like that just made me chuckle. <laughs> Scott, what have you got for this? So, mine's was when we announced the awful ball, the Bournemouth midfield on a pre-contract there. One of the comments below said... As a Nigerian myself, I can tell you we have a great player here. He is so great, I know, because I'm from Nigeria. Here in Nigeria, we know he's great. And that comment was from Adam Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Not very Nigerian. But... <laughs> well, that'll bring us to our close for this week. All we have to do is thank the two guests, Graham Curry. Thanks, boys. And Scott Hodge. Thanks, lads. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.